This is Meg Tilton at The 8 Cow Life, episode number 20, my interview with Emily Hepworth about her son, Ethan, who has Down syndrome. This is The 8 Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Hello and welcome back to the podcast this Monday morning. I'm so grateful that you each are here. We have such a treat today on the podcast. I was able to interview a friend of mine who was in my freshman dorm when I went to BYU, and we have kind of reconnected recently through social media. Her name is Emily Hepworth, and she is a mom to one, soon to be two children, and I really wanted to interview her after I found out some news about her second child, who's going to be born in January, and it's a little boy, and his name is Ethan, and he has Down syndrome, and I reached out to Emily and asked her if she would be willing to um, share her experience along this path of becoming a mother to a child with the Down syndrome disability. I know that um, probably there's a lot of different views on Down syndrome and how people view them. And when I heard, I honestly have to say that I think she hit the jackpot. I really, really do. I think that she and her family are going to welcome in probably one of the most choice spirits that I think Heavenly Father sends to this earth and the special little boy that he's going to be. And I am excited for them and for the journey that they get to take with him and um, learn from him. I My experience with people with Down syndrome is somewhat minimal, but I have had experiences throughout my life with them. And there was a a boy in my um, ward when I was growing up who had Down syndrome and he was just the greatest kid and just so loving and forgiving and accepting and just a great, great person. So I reached out to her because I thought it would be helpful to many of you listening, um, just to get this perspective for one from a mother who is having a child with this, with down syndrome, and then also to hopefully help other mothers who may get this same news that they are going to have a child with down syndrome. And so Emily was kind enough to agree to do several interviews with me. So this is the first interview of at least three that we will do. I wanted to talk to her about what it was like to find out that Ethan had Down syndrome and what her feelings were surrounding that. And then I want to interview her shortly after he's born, once she's kind of recovered and kind of feels like she has her feet back under her. And then also I want to interview her at least at his first birthday. We'll see if there's other milestones that we think that Um, need to be recorded and shared with each of you. But I wanted to kind of be able to do it in real time and be able to share with each of you what this is like for somebody who is going through this experience. And Emily is one of the strongest people I know. She is from Texas, y'all. So she is not a girl who takes crap from anybody. And um, she's just a great individual. And she, I think of anybody that I know, has the skills and ability to be able to take this child on and to be able to teach him and love him and make sure that he gets the care that he does. So I am so excited for you all to listen to this interview. She was so gracious and she's very real and she's very true to her emotions and I just wanted to thank her for being able to be so vulnerable and to share this time with each of us. So please enjoy, and I hope it lifts your day. 
and I hope that you will continue listening to the future podcasts that I will do with her. Here is to the interview with Emily. So welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, my guest today is Emily Hepworth, who I knew in college. So Emily, can you say hi to my listeners? Hello, everyone. (laughs) So I like to have my um, podcast guest kind of introduce themselves before we get started and get into questions and things like that. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody today? Sure. Um, Like you said, my name is Emily Hepworth. I am from San Antonio, Texas, and I am married with well, one child and one child on the way, Um, a little boy, both little boys. And um, my hobbies really have changed. So I used to love (laughs) to read and sew and um, cook. And now I like to take naps <laughs> and um, play with my son and and be with my husband and that kind of stuff and read when I have a chance. So, yeah, yep. I think every mother's hobby nowadays is napping. Yeah, <laughs> sleep is something that's elusive that we're like yep. sleep. Don't remember what that's like, but it was nice when I did it. Yeah. So, um, great. So I want you to, um, answer, how do you not have a Texas twang? Um, well, I actually did not move to Texas until junior high. My dad was in the air force and we lived in a couple of different places before moving to Texas. Okay. So I think that's it. And plus as an adult, I've lived in Utah and New York and Kansas. So I think maybe that's one of the reasons or those are some of the reasons. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I grew up in New Jersey for the most of my life. And whenever anybody finds out about that, they're like, where's your New Jersey accent? I'm like, yeah, I don't have it. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we met in college and I was trying to remember because you know, that was what, 20 years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. So did I meet you my sophomore year and your freshman year? No, we were both freshmen. We lived in the same dorms. Okay, so I was trying to remember because I lived in the same dorm twice. So I was like, were you my freshman or my... Yeah. So you knew me in my hermit stage. You were not a hermit. I was a hermit. (laughs) I totally was. No, no. You just weren't as social as my roommates. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I wasn't very social. All right. So you graduated from BYU and then where did you go? What happened with you? From BYU, I graduated in elementary education and I moved back to Texas and started teaching in my home school district, actually. Mm -hmm. And I taught here for three years and then I moved back to Utah. Um, One of my professors had contacted me and said, come back here and work for one of our partnership schools and then get your master's through BYU. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, that's great because they pay for it all. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and I applied. So this was my fourth year of teaching. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, you have to have five years of teaching, which no one had told me that. Mm-hmm. So my fifth year of teaching, I applied again. No, I didn't apply. No, I applied and I didn't get in because there were more experienced teachers. <laughs> and so my sixth year, I did not apply. Mm-hmm. And then my seventh year, um, I applied again, and I also applied to Columbia and to ASU, mm-hmm. and just as like backups because I thought, well, I didn't get this once before. And in my interview with BYU, they asked me because I wasn't from Utah mm-hmm. if I planned to stay in Utah. And I said, I don't, I was single. So I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, who can decide that when I wonder if I marry someone from Alaska? Thank goodness I didn't, but wonder <laughs> if I do, you know? Right. And so because I couldn't commit firmly to them that I would stay in Utah, that was anyway the excuse they gave me, but I didn't get in mm-hmm. that time either. Okay. So I ended up going to Columbia 
and got my master's in educational psychology with an emphasis in reading and writing disabilities. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back to Texas and I worked for um, several different education companies, Mm -hmm. helping teachers, doing professional development. And then when I got married, I moved to Kansas City, Kansas, where my husband lived. Okay. Yeah, I think that that is so great that you share that because I haven't known anything about that, about you. I didn't know that you went to Columbia, which I think, hey, you didn't get into BYU, but you went to Columbia. Rock on, right? Funny, (laughs) funny. After BYU found out that I had a master's in Columbia, I got like six letters from six different people asking me to come and do a PhD at BYU. Really? And I was like, hmm, no. I still love BYU and I root for their football team (laughs) which is hard this year (laughs) um but i i just thought i'm never gonna go to school there again Mm -hmm. i mean that's you didn't want me until i had columbia behind my name so yeah that's really interesting but i also like that you have taken your career and really used it as a mother because you do great I see what you post on Facebook and stuff and all the great things that you do with William. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> wish I did that. <laughs> well, I mean, my background is different than yours. Yes. Number one. And um, I just, for me, um, so I worked, I was into to work even after William came. Mm-hmm. Um, And I mean, we had hired a nanny and everything. Yeah, I remember that. And the day I got back on from maternity leave, I got a new boss. Like they had reorged while I was away. And my boss called me and said, congratulations, this is your new position. And it's 85% travel. And I was like, I have this baby. Like I can't, and I'm nursing. I can't just leave. And before it was like 25% travel. Right. So I ended up quitting my job and um, staying home, which I don't regret that decision at all. And the only reason I was planning to work was because my husband was still in dental school. Mm-hmm. So um, I told my husband, I said, what am I going to do all day? I mean, babies sleep and yes, I can sleep, but you know, all day long, what, what do you do? And he was like, I don't know, you'll figure it out. And so Um, I just decided I was going to use my education and do things that would help William and stimulate him and be more than just reading to him. I do read to him, but Mm -hmm. it would be a little bit more than that. And then it kind of became something that now I'm like, I don't know if I can sustain this when I have two children, (laughs) but we'll see. (laughs) My dad tells me all the time, you won't be able to. (laughs) You might be able to. It's just well, like ad- adaption, you know, adapting yeah. to what it is. And it might not happen right away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I often look at you and I'm like, I should just send Miller to you. <laughs> be like, just raise him until he's five and he goes to school. He'll be great. So you got married to Clark. Mm-hmm. Thank heavens. Clark seems like mm-hmm. a great guy. He really is. And then you decided it was time to have kids. And so well, we knew because of our age that we didn't have a lot of time and we knew each other two years before. Mm-hmm. It's not like we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. So we had decided that after a few months of being married, we would start trying. And we, I always felt like I would have a hard time getting pregnant, mm-hmm. but I really did not <laughs> <laughs> So you got pregnant pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty easily. But then that um, pregnancy had some issues, right? Right. So I had high blood pressure, which I guess is somewhat normal with, with an older person mm-hmm. and a first pregnancy. And I also, they found when I was 10 weeks along, I was huge. Mm-hmm. And um, the doctor measured me and was like, you're measuring 20 weeks, 20 weeks pregnant. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's no way I've done the math. There's no way. <laughs> Cause you were only um, what? 10. Did you say how, how far yeah, was, you were 10? I was 10 weeks. Okay. So they did an ultrasound and they discovered four fibroids. Okay. And what are those exactly? I'm not They're like those. non-cancerous cysts mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. or tumors. I guess they're called tumors. Um, and 
I probably had them before, but the pregnancy hormones make them grow. Mm -hmm. So as the farther along I got, the more grew. So by the end, they were able to count nine. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was put on bed rest in October and they took William three weeks early because of the fibroids and the blood pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was on bed rest from October to the middle of December. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they had to take him C-section and then they removed the fibroids in the following January. So a year Mm -hmm. and a month from the time William was born. So that was this past January Mm -hmm. and they removed 17 fibroids. Wow. The ultrasound only saw the really big ones. Mm -hmm. So the biggest one was about the size of a, a softball or a large grapefruit. Wow. And then the smallest ones were just very, like he could feel them. They were like bumps mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I remember because you and I were pregnant at the same mm-hmm. time, and I was due before you. <laughs> you had your baby before me. <laughs> and I bet I was just as big as you were, but I didn't have any fibroids. <laughs> But this was also your fifth. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I looked like at, at 20 weeks, I was measuring 40. At 40 weeks, he just was like, there's no point in measuring you. Mm-hmm. It was like, because there isn't more that I can say than 40 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You're 60 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You're an elephant. Yeah. You're at two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you had William, and I remember when you had William, you told me, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm never going to have another one. Well, they were pretty sh- – so the fibroids cause you to not be able to get pregnant mm-hmm. or make it very, very hard. And so I felt like at my age with the fibroids, I wasn't sure I wanted to have surgery to remove them. I was, my doctor wasn't even sure that that was a good option. Mm-hmm. He he thought they would shrink down, but not only did they not shrink down, but after six months, I got a hernia that was ginormous. Mm-hmm. So one half of my stomach looked about six months pregnant and the other half looked about four months pregnant mm-hmm. because of the fibroids. So I look, I was very awkward looking mm-hmm. and the, the hernia was so painful mm-hmm. that they had to do surgery. And so he just was like, well, let's do it all at once. Let's do the hernia surgery and get the fibroids out. Mm-hmm. So we had decided that we did not want William to be an only child, but we weren't sure if having a baby or a, adoption mm-hmm. was the right way. And so we prayed about it Um, right before the Sunday before we had William, I was allowed to go to one hour of church. Um, Our Bishop called us in and said, I have an assignment for you guys. And I'm thinking I'm about to have a baby tomorrow and you're giving me an assignment. (laughs) Um, And he just said, tonight, I want you to go home and read your patriarchal blessings. And so we did. um, And he wanted us to point to, point out to each other what stood out. And both of us felt like what stood out is that our patriarchal blessings both talk about children, plural. Uh And so we knew we needed more than one. We just didn't know how we were going to get that way. Mm -hmm. So when the doctor said to have their fibroids removed, we decided and we fasted and prayed that we were going to try to have one more. Mm -hmm. And we were going to give it so long you know, Mm -hmm. to get pregnant. Like we were going to give it a certain amount of time. And if we weren't pregnant in that time, because the fibroids were supposed to make it difficult to get pregnant, which Mm -hmm. they did not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I must be very fertile. (laughs) So we got pregnant actually ahead of schedule. Yeah. And so when you got pregnant with that second one, you sent, I think a lot of people, I don't think I was the only one on this list, um, a private message and I'm going to read it now because okay. I thought it was I, I thought it was a cool message what you said it says it says I just wanted to tell y'all there's your Texas twang that today we found out we will be adding another sweet boy to our family we also found out that he will have down syndrome we know he will be a special gift from our Heavenly Father and we love him so much already 
We are going to name name him Ethan Kale Hepworth, and we can't wait for him to, to get here. So can you tell me what it was like to find out that you were having another boy and your feelings about the fact that he is going to have Down syndrome? Sure. So we had a genetic screener done that tests for like three chromosomal disorders. Um, and then we, it also gives you the gender and it gives it to you at like 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. So we had the same thing done with William. And the only reason we had it done was so that we found out gender mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 10 whole, almost 10 whole weeks early that we would find out the gender. Mm-hmm. So with William, it was a no brainer. We just did it. Um, with Ethan, with this baby, um, they actually encouraged us to do it because of my age. Mm-hmm. And this time when they, when they did it, um, I asked a lot of questions about Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I just asked, you know, what happens if he tests positive for Down syndrome? And what happens, um, you know, what's the next steps? And what's this? And, and, and I don't know why I asked that. And then I had the test done. And about two or three days prior to getting the results, I was talking to my dad and I said, I just know this baby has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, why would you say that? And I just said, I don't know. I just, I just know. And he was like, don't say that, Emily. And I was actually by myself at my mom and dad's house. Mm-hmm. Um, Clark was home with William and there had been some back and forth between my doctor and my perinatal specialist because of my age and my fibroids, I had to go to a perinatal specialist. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days before they were going back and forth about who was going to give me the results and neither one would give me the results. It, it was weird. Mm-hmm. No, nobody would talk to me. It was, so I, that also kind of clued me in that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So when the to- doctor called me, um, she said, now you want to know the gender, right? And I said, yes. So she said it was a boy and I was a tad bit disappointed just because everyone had made it out like it was going to be a girl. And so I had worked in my head that it was a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she said, and he did test positive um, for Down syndrome. And I don't know the way he did screen positive, I think is the word she used because Mm -hmm. they're very big into saying it's a screener because it's 99.9% accurate. So there's that. that it could be wrong Mm -hmm. and so she goes do you have any questions and I was just kind of like no I mean I thought what questions could I have I mean Mm -hmm. you're telling me my child has and and I was I mean I was upset Mm -hmm. but I was upset because you know no matter what anybody tells you this comes from the mother. Mm-hmm. I'm old. At my age, there's a one in 100 chance of having a Down syndrome baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt very responsible. Mm-hmm. And I hung up from her and I called my husband and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying over and over, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was just like, my husband is great. He was just like, why are you sorry? And I said, this is my fault. And he was like, no, it's not. It is not your fault. And mm-hmm. he was just very, very positive. And he just said, Emily, this is just different. There's nothing bad about it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a different course. Mm-hmm. We just have to switch courses. Mm-hmm. And he said, let me come get you. And my parents live about 25 minutes away. I was like, no, I'll just come home. So on the way home, I called my mom Mm -hmm. and they work about 10 minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. So my mom said, we'll be right over. And um, I called my sister Mm -hmm. and my sister was, oh, this is great, Emily. This is, they have a, my brother-in-law has a cousin who's very young. He's, he's my sister's children's age. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she has down syndrome mm -hmm. and so my sister's like we 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 know about this we can help we're here it's not it's not a death sentence it's not bad mm -hmm. um then i called my brother and um sorry i still get emotional i Mm -hmm. My brother is a high school teacher, and one of my biggest concerns is he'll be made fun of and he'll be picked on. And, mm -hmm. and I had not voiced that to anybody, but I told my brother, and he was like, that is so great. And he said, my brother should have been a special ed teacher, but he just didn't want to deal with the paperwork. And, mm -hmm. and so he said, I love my Down syndrome students. And he said no matter the biggest bully in the school never picks on a down syndrome kid mm -hmm. because they're happy and they're smiley and they get no pleasure from it. And so that kind of set my mind at ease. And mm -hmm. I called my sister-in-law and she was very supportive. And I got home by that point mm -hmm. and my husband was just like, it's okay. You know, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And my dad came, my parents came over and my dad, Clark and my dad gave me a blessing. And I don't even remember what it said, but I just remember feeling peaceful afterwards. And then um, my dad gave Clark a blessing that was um, very tender and sweet mm -hmm. and made me feel good and peaceful. And... And then it just seemed like, not that it didn't matter, but that it didn't matter. I mean, it was just like, it's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And then um, I miss, I, I have a family of cousins that I'm very close to. Mm -hmm. And I messaged all of them and my aunt and uncle that were, they were all up in Utah when I lived in Utah, mm -hmm. when I went to BYU and I was close with all of them. and. They wrote me back very sweet, kind messages. And mm -hmm. my husband had called his parents already. Mm -hmm. And then he called his siblings. And their reactions were mostly positive. Mm -hmm. I did have one reaction that I had to walk out of the room for. Mm -hmm. um, I have a brother-in-law that's um, very funny mm -hmm. and he kind of made some jokes that I didn't appreciate you know he was like so are you gonna name him trisomy or mm -hmm. you know are you gonna make all of the letters of his name equal 21 and mm -hmm. I just I was not ready for that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and honestly I don't know that I will ever be ready for that mm -hmm. kind of a joke mm -hmm. I felt like for me it was it was hurtful that night my my nieces and my brother's children, who I'm very close to, they called me and they were like, we're so excited. You know, and they started telling me about the Down syndrome, the kids with Down syndrome in their school that they knew. Mm -hmm. um, I reached out to Jen, uh, your old roommate, mm -hmm. who has two special needs children. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she sent back a really sweet, kind message about, your life will change, but the blessings will be far, will far out way. Um, mm -hmm. So I just, I got a lot of very positive um, feedback. One of my really good friends, um, her response was, congratulations, you've hit the lottery. And I know that sounds silly, but um, she went on to tell me about her husband and I knew her husband had done extensive work in college and stuff with um, with adults with Down syndrome, but his two best friends in high school had Down syndrome mm -hmm. and they still come around mm -hmm. now and they're like pseudo uncles to her children. And she just said, we, we would love to have a Down syndrome child. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, my husband, I told my husband and he was like, they're the luckiest family in the world. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of very positive responses. I had a lot of, um, my dad works with a gentleman that 
has two Down syndrome daughters. One is biological, and then they loved having her so much they adopted another one with Down syndrome, and mm -hmm. they've been great and helpful. And another lady in our stake, and we just so happen to be in a ward with a developmental pediatrician. Mm -hmm. And I called just to ask for a, a book to read. And um, his wife, I talked to his wife because he was at work, but mm -hmm. his wife just said, out of all the things that you could have go wrong, if you will, with your child, mm -hmm. my husband will tell you Down syndrome is the best. Mm -hmm. And she said, and that includes ADHD. Mm -hmm. So we just felt very... Mm -hmm very loved and blessed through all of it. We did have a couple of people say, well, maybe you should pray that this was wrong. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we, we've had a couple of family members say, well, it's only 99. You know, there's still a chance that it's, mm -hmm. excuse me, that it's um, not gonna happen. So we don't think you should spend your whole pregnancy focusing on that. Mm -hmm. And we decided that um, we weren't even going to think it was going to be wrong. We were just going to pray for strong muscles and a strong heart and a, as healthy as he could be. Mm -hmm. um, and that the Down syndrome was not going to define him that he was just he was a baby after all mm -hmm. i mean he was our baby mm -hmm. and so that was kind of going to be what our focus is on um throughout the pregnancy i we didn't want to spend you know however many 30 weeks praying that it was wrong and then when he's born and it's right mm -hmm. then we have to go through the whole thing over again mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. That was just what we decided, and um, we don't really focus on it. I've started reading this book, and I have connected with some local moms, um, just so I'm, uh, you know, know mm -hmm. of some things. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, every Down syndrome, every baby with Down syndrome, we hear is different. Mm -hmm. There's no really cookie cutter way that they'll be. Um, so we're just, we've had our ultrasound on his heart and his heart looks good, um, mm -hmm. so far. And he's, uh, weighing above average, mm -hmm. um, which is really good. Cause a lot of times babies with down syndrome have some growth issues and they don't really grow. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not worrying about that because he's in the 78th. He's a little fatty. He's in the 78th percentile. <laughs> um, uh -huh. He gained a pound this month. Oh, so, nice. you know, we feel, we feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And um, the night we found out, we were, you know, praying and reading our scriptures. And the Sunday before, we had had a lesson in Sunday school. And the Sunday school teacher had used Joshua 14, I think. Mm -hmm. um, where he says, give me this mountain. And um, Clark had read the talk by, I don't know, maybe Spencer W. Kimball called give me this mountain mm -hmm. that day, that morning before the, um, you got the call, uh, the call. And he just said, that's how I feel. I feel like, why not us? Mm -hmm. And he just said, they have educational issues and you're a teacher. They have dental problems and I'm a dentist. So why you couldn't handpick better parents for, mm -hmm. for this situation. Mm -hmm. And he just said, you know, our theme is just give us this mountain because we'll, we'll climb it and conquer it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been our our family theme and, mm -hmm. and kind of what we do and think. And um, the other thing is there's a part in my patriarchal blessing that I've always kind of wondered about. And it just talks about how special um, that my, my children will be 
I don't remember the exact wording, but it talks about them being special gifts from God. Mm -hmm. And I always just thought it meant because I was so old, I'd be lucky to have, you know, a couple. Mm -hmm. But after my dad and Clark gave me my blessing that day, um, that part of my patriarchal blessing stood out. And I just thought, that's what it means. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's another reason why I feel like I, you know, if I tell people, I'm like, this baby has Down syndrome, because for us, he does. And mm -hmm. he's just another, he's, ju he's just a baby, just like William was. And it's mm -hmm. no different. It's just, um, I mean, it is different, but it's, we don't love him any less because of it. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to hope or pray it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love that. I think that that's such a great, um, example that you're setting for so many people, not just people who have children who are going to have Down syndrome, who may find themselves in the same position that you're in, but any obstacle that you come up against in life, like there it is, there's my mountain. Like, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to climb it and overcome it and deal with it? Or am I going to shrink from it? And I just think that, you know, you have such a good attitude going into it and I'm so glad to hear that you had all that positive support, you know, cause when you wrote me that letter, I thought the same thing. I was like, you just hit the jackpot. Like you really did. Like, you know, being a mother of five children, of course, every time I went to have another child, that's always in the back of your mind. Like, is there going to be, and I did have two miscarriages where I had genetic defects that were, we only had one of them tested, but I'm pretty sure they were both that way. And so, and I always said to my husband, I said, if we're ever going to have a child with special needs, I want a child with Down syndrome. That's what I, can I please pick that? You know, <laughs> I'd like to pick that one if I can pick, <laughs> you know, obviously Heavenly Father doesn't let you pick, but I was like, that's the one I would pick because they are so loving and so just happy individuals that bring so much light to the world you know, and they are definitely not a mistake. You know, I think that they are a gift from God to us and that well, and you really part have. Of my, well, sorry. Part of my concern when I first heard is that, um, I have always been a little uncomfortable and nervous around special needs people to include children. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds weird coming from someone who taught school, mm -hmm. especially who taught children, mm -hmm. because I was around special needs kids, mm -hmm. but severe special needs kids, which I would somewhat put down syndrome in, mm -hmm. um, I was very uncomfortable. And um, it wasn't until, hmm, I'm, I'm almost sad to say this, but probably about five years ago, um, a family moved into my ward here in Texas mm -hmm. and they had a severely special needs son mm -hmm. and I became good friends with the mother and in becoming good friends with the mother, I was around this son. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, shortly before I found out, um, he passed away and, um, I went to the funeral and I, I realized how much I had learned from him and from their whole family and how much they loved him. And he, mm -hmm. he was nonverbal. He was in a wheelchair. Um, you know, I would say most people would look at him and, and say he was a vegetable mm -hmm. and I, but yet he wasn't, if you got to know him, you realized. And so I saw that and I, I saw how my compassion for Jen and her two children. I've, I don't even know them. I've never met them, but I have just come to love those two children mm -hmm. through the things that she writes about them. And I feel like those two situations have helped me feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I do see that as the Lord giving me a little tender mercy mm -hmm. prior to me having my own child mm -hmm. with special needs and, and maybe not, but Mm -hmm. In my mind, that's, that's kind of how I view it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's just, I think it's so interesting how the Lord works and really prepares us, you know, for things that we come up against and that we find in our life. And you can look back and go, oh, now it all makes sense. I totally understand now. And I think that that's just such an amazing blessing when we come up against things like this in our life. So what are you looking forward to with having Ethan come to your home? And what are some things that you're nervous about? Um, well, I'm looking forward to being done being pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's universal when you're pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing the interaction between William and Ethan, um, and seeing that relationship blossom, you know, over time, William's just at the phase where he's starting to point out babies. Now he has yet to see mom hold a baby. Uh Uh-huh which I know I need to do. It's just a matter. I can't just go up to a random stranger and be like, can I hold your baby? So my son can see me holding a baby, you know? Um, uh-huh. but I do, I do look forward to that. Um, I look forward to our family being complete. Mm-hmm. Although I will say after all of this happened, Clark got called to be in the, uh, high priest group leadership. And in, when they set him apart, the gentleman who set him apart happens to be um, the pediatric uh, developmental pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And so he knew the situation. Nobody else in the room did, mm-hmm. but he set Clark apart and he talked about the blessings, what amazing blessings that our baby was going to be and our other sons and daughters. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I'm done. No, no, no. <laughs> So that might mean daughter-in-laws. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it might mean we adopt or do foster. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that will be a long, a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look forward to us being a family of four. Mm-hmm. I love the baby phase when they're just mm-hmm. brand new, tiny, and they're fresh from heaven. And I can imagine my grandparents with them. and hmm Sorry, I'm hormonal because I'm pregnant. Um, but I I look forward to that mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm nervous about the medical challenges mm-hmm. um, because the list is very very long. Mm-hmm. Things that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Leukemia. He has to be checked for leukemia every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who knew that? I didn't know that. Um, so we, I mean, we knew about the heart issues, but we feel very good with the preliminary stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I do worry about uh, William's relationship with him. I just want, I want them to, I want him to protect and love. And mm-hmm. He's a kind, he is a kind boy, but he also, um, there's the possibility of him feeling put on a back burner Mm -hmm. because there are so many needs Mm -hmm. that Ethan could have that William won't. Mm -hmm. And I see it with, you know, I have a, my best friend has um, two little boys. They're the exact same distance as William and Ethan will be. Mm -hmm. And her oldest son struggles a little bit because her second son has special needs. He was born with a syndrome called Prater Willie. Mm-hmm. He has to, they have a lot of similarities to down syndrome. They have to have speech. They have to have occupational and physical therapy. And he goes to a lot of special things that the older son, I don't think really understands that it's like going to a, not doing something fun Mm -hmm. you know but Mm -hmm. he sees that and and I don't want that I don't want William to feel second place Mm -hmm. Um, so that worries me a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean I can totally understand that you know my sister had leukemia she had leukemia and she passed away when I was 15 and when I was in college at BYU I did a um I did a paper in, my, in an English class on the ch- on the effects of childhood cancer on siblings. 
And I think that's probably similar to any time that you have a child with a special need like that. I mean, yeah, she wasn't a special needs child, but she was a, she did have a special need. I mean, she had cancer and that took a lot of time. And they said, actually, a lot of times it's much harder on the siblings than it is actually on the child who has cancer in that case. So that, but I think just because you are aware of that and you're cognizant of it and are like, yes, this is something that I'm going to worry about, then you will most likely take precaution in that area to make sure, you know, that he doesn't feel that way. And he probably will feel that way at some point, you know, but that's also life. I mean, you're going to feel that way if your sibling's even normal, you know, that sometimes you take the back burner because a sibling has a need that, you know, and that's just part of human development, I think. So, well, and I've talked to Jen about it Mm -hmm. um, a little bit. I need to interview her on the podcast. Yeah. I think she has done an amazing job. You know, she Mm -hmm. has Izzy that just seems like she's the sweetest, kindest girl who loves her siblings. And, um, you know, I asked her, how did you make it? So it was like, how did you get her like that? Mm -hmm. And she's like, we take a lot of time. And I know she does. I see her Mm -hmm. in posts that she does where she has mom and daughter days and, Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I admire her for, because she has a lot on her plate. Mm-hmm. And yet she always seems to make time for her so that she feels special. And so I, you know, I know it's doable, but it just, I'm old and I'm tired. And sometimes I'm like, <laughs> well, I wish I could tell worry. you that's going to get better, but no. <laughs> <laughs> that worries me. That really does. You know, mm-hmm. I, I say to my husband all the time, do I have the strength and energy mm-hmm. to, to not just have two, but to have mm-hmm. one with special needs? I don't know. I Sometimes I worry about that. <laughs> you do, and you'll find it. That's the thing. You'll find it within yourself, and it will be given to you. I think that's a blessing that comes as you are doing what your Heavenly Father wants you to do, and as you're trying You know, he knows where your weaknesses are and where your shortcomings may be. And I think he really makes up for those in other ways. You know, maybe you won't always be able to give that to William, but somebody else might, like a grandparent or an aunt or somebody else. You know, it will always come in some way. I, I really do believe that. Okay, so for my last question, I just want to, um, First of all, I want to let my listeners know that this is a series that we're going to be doing. I asked you to do a series um, mm-hmm. because I thought it would be really neat to show people what it's like for somebody when they are pregnant with a child with sent down syndrome. Then I'm going to interview you like a month or we'll see how you're doing <laughs> after he's born and kind of go through some questions then and then interview you again when he's a year and then just kind of go from there and see how you have progressed and how he's progressed and how he's doing and what it's like. And I just think that will be a really awesome thing to share with people who are going through this same experience. So if you were to come up against, come meet, not come up against, if you were to meet a woman who was pregnant like you, or just finding out that she has a baby with Down syndrome, do you have anything you would say to her? Um, I guess and this was advice given to me is, um, and it's been very good because at first I was like, I've got to read all this stuff. I've got to find out as much as I can. And then this family who's, they're not members of the church, but they're very involved in their church. It works with my dad that has the two children, the two daughters with down syndrome. Um, that she said, you know, The most important thing is that you remember one. She was like, don't read, don't read a lot of stuff. She's like, it's a lot of people write a lot of negative things about their experience and it's not all like that. And so I kind of stopped reading some stuff. Um, I am still reading the one book, but very positive spin on life with Down syndrome. And the other thing she said is just remember he's a baby first. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
to me, I kind of interpreted that as not just he's a baby, but he's a child of God. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what comes with it. Um, that's the other stuff is, is just trivial. We can deal with it, but he's a baby and he's our baby and, and we love him. We're just as excited about him as we were when William was born. Um, and I think that's what I would remind it's, he's not his syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a baby and he's a child of God. Mm -hmm. And we just happen to be lucky to know ahead of times so that we have a little bit of preparation time. Mm -hmm. But even if we didn't know, I think we would eventually come to the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. um, if we had a baby and they put it in our arms and we discovered he was Down syndrome, we would, I think, come to the exact same conclusion. Um, and I think I, the other thing is, she said, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve the life you thought you were going to have mm -hmm. um, because there are going to be challenges. Um, and we, we might not go on a mission. Mm -hmm. uh, we might not travel the world um, because we might have, or we might travel the world with our son. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that it just, it's just a, my husband put it best. It's a, it's a change of course. Mm -hmm. It's not a different course. It's not a bad course or it's not a bad course. It's just a different course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that so. is so beautiful. Well, I am super excited to meet little Ethan and see him and how adorable he is because he's going to be cute because William's adorable. So I can't imagine that you'd have not another cute one. So, we, we, so. <laughs> we saw the 3D, the 3D. And he was cute. Yeah, he was cute. So we're like, oh, I saw that. That he's, he's adorable. Ugly jeans. <laughs> I know. I always thought I was going to have ugly kids, and then when I have my first, I'm like, oh, she's actually kind of cute. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, is there are some kids that you look at and you're like, mm. yeah. So that's why I'm always kind of like, they're out there. I know they're out. There. <laughs> I know. Well, my so second, I was like, when he was born, I was like. Mm, I'm not so sure. I want to post pictures of him on social media, and he's. Like one of my, he's adorable now, you know, he's yeah. super cute. He grew so, into it. Yeah, he grew into it. But at first I was like, yeah, you're not as cute as your sister. So, <laughs> and I'm pretty not shy about telling him that. So <laughs> it keeps him humble. He's kind of, that's right. He's kind you gotta of cocky, do that. So, well, thank you, Emily. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. And we look forward to talking to you in a couple months. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Wasn't that such a great interview, everyone? I just want to thank again one more time Emily for her willingness to share her emotions and her feelings around this upcoming event for her family and for herself as a mother and for this amazing, amazing child, Ethan, that will come into the world. So thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.